0: Good to see y'all tonight. Thank you for being here on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. It's been a little coolish today, but that's all right, man. It feels good when you're fluffy like I am to have a cool day, and so I like it like that. I pray you've had a great day. We have some very distinguished and honored guests that are in the sanctuary with us tonight. They're all setting up straight and tall, looking good. Our Royal Rangers and Missionettes are in here with us tonight. We're going to be doing some awards for them here in a few moments. and uh, But we're going to worship the Lord together first. And so I know the young people are ready to worship the Lord tonight as well. They don't normally get to be here with us on Wednesday nights. And so guys and girls, jump to your feet tonight. We want to pray and welcome the Lord. Father, we thank you for the day that you blessed us with. We thank you for all the rain, Lord. We needed every drop of that. And we thank you for all of it, God. We ask you tonight to be with us in this place. Uh, We pray, Lord, you be with us as we offer worship up before you and that, Lord, you're honored and praised. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' perfect name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship together. as we sing a song of His praise. That's what this is about right now. It's just giving Him thanks and giving Him praise. Come on, can you use your own words and go from your own heart and just, just tell Him you love Him, just tell Him thank you. Let's do that together tonight. Father, we bless your name. God, we praise you together in this place. God, we exalt you, we magnify you. You are truly holy and glorious and Lord, you deserve all the worship and the praise and the honor. God, we thank you and we, we just res- resound your name, God, in the heavenlies. We lift high the name of Jesus. We, we thank you and we praise you for the great sacrifice and the love and the mercy that you poured out for us, oh God. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Glory and honor. Thanks be unto your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise together. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys as you're seated tonight. No, I said I need to buy blab. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: Thank you, Lord, for help, mate. Isn't God good? Hi, Julie. How are you? How are you? (laughs) Man, it's so cool to have our Roll Rangers and Missionettes in here with us tonight. Um, It's it's that time of year. We're getting ready to. uh, I believe next week, Sister Vonda, is that correct? That we switch over to Wet and Wild Wednesdays. Uh, Wet and Wild Wednesdays, for those of you that don't know, um, is we we don't take a break in the summertime. The kids still learn about Jesus all summer long, just like they do in Royal Rangers and Missionettes. Uh, But through the summertime, we give our Royal Ranger and Missionette teachers uh, at least a little bit of a break. And uh, uh, we we have different volunteers that, that take a week throughout the summer and teach the kids a Bible lesson, take them outside and let them get wet and wild, hence the name Wet and Wild Wednesdays. And uh, it's always a good time in the Lord. We like to take at least uh, one Wednesday night a year and bring our Royal Rangers and Missionettes in and let you guys know and understand uh, that what goes on on Wednesday nights, not them just back there playing games and eating snacks, uh, but they're back there learning about Jesus. And uh, through the process, they earn awards, they earn merit badges and things of this nature. And uh, we're going to take an opportunity tonight to share some of that. Uh, But I wanted to read a a scripture real quick. It it actually was in our daily devotion today. If you have your Bible app and you use that, if you read that for your verse of the day, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 through 5. And uh, Jesus said, "Assuredly, I say to you, unless you're converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And so I thought it was important to read that tonight as we have our kids come up tonight to uh, receive their awards. We're not just taking up time in the service tonight, okay? Uh, but we're honoring these children and we're receiving them in the name of the Lord. And so I want you to pay attention to them. I want you to give them your, your eyeballs and your smiles. It helps your pastor preach better whenever you're smiling at me. There you go. Some of you, it's the first time you smiled in six months. That was good, okay? Okay. <laughs> But anyway, smile at, smile at these babies. Don't scare them. Oh, that was a scary smile, Lily. That, was, that scared me. But anyway, uh, don't, don't scare them when you smile at them, but get them a big old smile. Are the girls going first? All right, ladies first. Sister Vonda, come on. And, and, and The boys, the boys. try it now.
1: Glory to God in the highest. Now I'm going to have to. <laughs> well, I first of all just want to say, aren't they purdy? Oh, they're purdy. They're I love them. I love them all. Um, Miss Christy Briscoe, uh, helps on, uh, we tag team on Wednesday nights. Uh, she does a unit, then I'll do a unit. And, um, I've asked them before who they like better. And, because I know it's Christy, but it's okay. And so, they kind of, you know. Um, and of course, if I say, "Who do you like best between Miss Christy or Miss Vonda or Miss Courtney?" Mm, mm-mm, no, okay. <laughs> you guys are just blessed because you get so many crazy—I mean, wonderful women teaching you, right? Exactly. So, like Pastor said, we go back there on Wednesday nights and we learn about Jesus and we do a four-week lesson. Lately, we've been doing a two- to three-week lesson because we're really working hard. We have a um, honor star amongst us, <laughs> and so we're really, really trying to uh, push and get her all finished because she's finishing up fifth grade tomorrow, and when they finish up fifth grade, I give him the boot. and so, I know, don't cry. And so we got to finish her up, get her tested this summer, and we can honor star her in um, August. And there's another something in the works, but I'm not going to spoil that surprise just yet. There's something else that's going to take place in August, but we will uh, let that happen as it happens. And so as I... Um, honor these girls tonight. They work very, very hard on Wednesday night. We learn um, a lesson. We say a memory verse. Most of the time we have to do an honor step or we get to do an honor step, which is just an additional part of that unit. Um, We have to work towards 27 units for them to honor star. And so I'm going to start with our um, smallest one here tonight. This is Miss Sophia. Isn't she beautiful? She is, absolutely. This is Sophia Ellis. She is an honorary star. She really is uh, the age of a prim. Uh, But since we do not have an active prim class right now, she is just learning so much from us big girls. And so uh, she sits in there with us on Wednesday nights and she just soaks it up. Can I get an amen? Amen. You teach it, and they're going to learn. And so, Ms. Sophia, we are just so uh, honored to let you be an Honorary, honor, uh, honorary uh, Stars member right now. Absolutely. And I want to honor Ms. Bella, but she told me I had to say Cabela, but she's Bella. And so um, I'm going to honor Bella. She gets to be with us um, pretty often. I'd like her more often. And, um, but I would like her as often as I can get her, I know she's a very active uh, girl, she has a lot on her plate, but I would like you here all the time. And so... However we can make that happen, let's try to make that happen, okay? And so she has started a lot of units, and we are going to have a wrap-up uh, Sunday morning uh, soon to come so that she can wrap up and finish some of those. And so she's, she's working hard, and I'm very proud, and I love her being here. So this is Cabela. This is Bella. We love Miss Cabela. Um, so who's older, Cam or Lily? you older? Okay, I'll start with Cam. All right, so uh, Cam Cambria, uh, Cam, um, she is uh, working uh, towards her honor star as well. She's in fourth grade. Both Cam and Lily are in for fourth grade, and so they're in the middle part of stars because it's third, fourth, and fifth, and we complete 27 units, and they're already at 16, and so they are very uh, active, and they are learning their memory verses. They're doing a uh, Tegan's Honor Steps with her, and so they are on the road. So Cam Wyndham, very proud of you for 16 units. Lily Lamb, Lambie, very proud of you. Okay. And Miss Tegan, um, like I said, we're wrapping her Honor Star up. Uh, she's been working hard. We've been meeting on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings to get that going, and she comes in oh, very tired on Sunday morning, but she's here. And I'm so glad she's here, and we uh, we work through it together, don't we? You yawn, I yawn, we we do good. We drink our coffee, and we're good. I don't drink coffee, and so she does. And so um, she is um, this close. Show them how close you are. Show them that she's that close. She after tonight, I went ahead and prophesied. After tonight, you will have completed 25 units out of 27. Okay. And so we will be getting those other two finished up this summer and then get you uh, tested. And so I'm very, very proud of her. She had to uh, play the come-behind catch-up game, and she has worked hard. Very, very proud of her. She's worked very hard. Uh, You can uh, give this girl a scripture at the beginning of the night, and by 45 minutes later, she's quoting it off to you. And I'm very, very proud of her. She's got it right here. She hides it in her heart, and she uh, can put it to use. So, Tegan Woodley, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Very good. Awesome. And again, I want to publicly thank Christy Briscoe. She is wonderful. She uh, teaches in the Word of God, and I'm so glad to have her as a helper. Boys, come on up. Thank you, girls. Good job. Oh, I was going to hand that to you. That's a dangerous thing.
2: Oh, there's no order. There's no order. Just be good. Okay. Look at that. They want to go by height. <laughs> okay. Roll rangers is a little bit different than the girls, uh, guys, guys. Thank you. Okay. We do. We all. I mean, there is different, but it also is kind of the same. We do have Bible lessons that we do. The boys have completed First Chronicles, Genesis, Joshua, and Daniel and Jonah. For this, from starting, uh, which is a five-week course too, and then they also have a five-week course. And we did rocketeering, darts, cooking, modeling, design, and fire safety. So this basically teaches boys how to. When they grow up, to use some kind of skill in that, but, but we also uh, talk, talk about the word of God too. Um, I will show you, we don't do little things so let's, like they did. Turn around, guys. turn around. Turn around. Okay, these are the merits that they get, and they put them on the vest. This is our Bible merit, and then the, the blue ones cover that, and the green ones are a little more advanced. and then they have another one. Okay, young, turn back around. Uh, Royal rangers doesn't do a like a crowning or anything as far as the young ones when they uh, they have to do Eventually they can do a hundred and twenty seven merits and that also includes Bible and they get earn the gold medal of achievement which is also uh, kind of uh, c- compared to the eagle, an eagle scout but the world rangers does emphasize more Bible merits than the Boy Scouts do so it's a little more. It's a, they have to earn like twenty or thirty more merits than the Boy Scouts do, and mostly that is Bible merits. So, uh, but most of the boys, when they turn to get to sixth grade, they go on to youth, and they don't get crowned like the girls. I wish they'd do a, you know, crowning at this age, after fifth grade or sixth grade, you know. And but they don't. I wish they would. But they, I'm proud of these boys. They've worked a lot. Uh, like Strand here, he's got fire safety, and then model design, and then the other boys did the rocketeering and darts, cooking, and fire safety too. So, thank you.
0: Thank you, Brother Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Would y'all please pray for Gerald? <laughs> Wowzer. Good job, stranded man. God bless him. What a calling! What a calling. We, um, Roll Rangers and Missionettes have, have always been something very important uh, to, to Pastor Gary and Sister Rhonda. Um, every church we've ever pastored has has had a Royal Ranger Missionette program. Uh, what Gerald, Brother Gerald was speaking about was the um, gold medal of achievement for the little boys. They can go on and advance to that level, and uh, it takes a boy's drive and desire, and and uh, we always we always put an incentive out there. Uh, when we, we pastored uh, the church in Muskogee, we had four boys over uh, the ten-year time that got that gold medal of achievement, and uh, which is really quite an accomplishment uh, to have that many young men that that pursue that goal. Uh, there's like Brother Gerald said, there is so much to it. Uh, We had a a gentleman that was so dedicated uh, to Royal Rangers, Uh, he would teach it on Wednesday nights, and then he would teach it on Sunday mornings as a Sunday school class as well. That's the way he got his boys through to gold medal. And uh, we put it out there for the boys that if they would pursue that, if they'd go to that level, we'd buy them a a brand new black powder rifle. And uh, boy, you talk about getting them fired up, and uh, they they were all excited about that, and so... Uh, we are so proud of our kids and we're so proud of uh, our, our boys and our girls and, and the, the work that they do Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Uh, again, it's not just playtime for them. It's very important, very important time. Uh, tonight, um, the, the opening part of our service has been a little different. Obviously, we did worship together with our kids, which is great. Uh, we got to do uh, the presentation of the, uh, the, the awards to them tonight, which is very important as well. Uh, I do want to remind you, of course, Sunday night, we'll be having our uh, Memorial Day uh, cookout uh, down in the pavilions at 6 o'clock. I want you to come and be a part of that. Uh, got them big old fat hot dogs and the hamburgers are bought and, and it'll be a great time in the Lord. And so I encourage you to, to be sure and be here for that. A lot of events that are going on, uh, of course, stay in contact with the bulletin. Um, somebody asked the other day about Love Lone Grove Day. Uh, we have it scheduled for uh, August the 6th. Uh, there will be an announcement that will come out in this coming week's bulletin. Uh, we are uh, going ahead and, and opening it up. So if you have clothing items to donate, um, you can go ahead and start bringing those. We'll store those uh, as long as you know, they're clean and that sort of thing. We'll, we'll put them up someplace and keep them until Ms. LaDonna is ready to start sorting through them. And uh, I haven't even talked to her about doing that, but I know she, that's her thing. And so she's, she's all on board with that. Uh, but anyway, um, and if you'd like to make donations uh, for, for backpacks and school supplies, things like that, you can do that as well. Just designate it for uh, Love Lone Grove Day. That way we know the difference, okay? Um, I, I do want to start uh, service tonight a little bit different. Um, obviously, you guys have, have watched the news. You've seen the events that have unfolded over the last couple of days, uh, the horrific shooting of all those uh, babies, babies. Um, so heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and I, I think tonight, tonight was an illustrated sermon for us yeah. because these babies that were in front of us were in third and fourth grade. T- Tegan, I think, was probably the oldest. She's in the fifth grade. Yeah. And, you know, the, the kids that, that were involved were all in the fourth grade. Yeah. And, and so it, it brings before our eyes exactly how big they were and how precious they are. And, and our hearts go out to the mamas and the daddies and the grandpas and the grandmas. Right before, I, right before we came in and, and brought the kiddos, uh, Sister Vonda was back in the missionette room and uh, our oldest daughter Jamie had called her and was FaceTiming her and, and had my grandson pulled up on the phone and he was in the bathtub and I was getting to see him and, and you know, coo and caw at him. And there, there's some grandpas someplace tonight that, that their babies, you know, were involved in that massacre yesterday. and. Uh, you know, that they want to politicize it and they want to make it about guns or they want to make it about this or that. I, you know, we, we can't... Right now it's not the time to focus on the reason why, but right now is the time to focus on healing for those people. And, and our hearts hurt for them tonight. Um, you know, I, I joke and I kid and I go on all the time about Texas and, you know, being a foreign country. And, man, that's our neighbor, you know. That, that's our... <laughs> I know, to hook them horns. Um, <laughs> That's, that's our neighbor, and we, we love those people. And uh, our, our hearts are breaking for, for the families tonight. And uh, even, uh, yes, the family of, of the young man who committed this atrocity, um, his, his family's hurting tonight as well. There was, his grandmother was involved. She was, I, I assume, uh, was shot as well. And, and it's just heartbreaking. It's so, so very sad. And so I'd like to begin tonight. Um, I, I don't want to bring a downer on the service, but I do want to pray. Uh, for those people tonight. I want to pray just for healing. I want to pray for peace uh, for them tonight. And, and I, I know this is not our normal, you know, we take prayer requests and all that stuff on Wednesday night. And that's great. If you've got a prayer request and you need to share it with me, please feel free to do that after service. But, but I want to focus our prayer time tonight just for these people, okay? Uh, would you join me in doing that together tonight, please, across the room? Father, God, you're so merciful. Lord, you, you bind us up when we're brokenhearted. God, You bring peace to the storms of life. God, You, you bring help and You bring hope in, in a sense, in a way, Lord, that, that goes beyond our comprehension, really. And Father, right now, these people that have been involved in this, this tragedy, Lord, they need a peace that goes beyond understanding. Lord, I'm asking you tonight just to to wrap your arms of love and compassion around them. Lord, I I pray, Father, tonight for for strength for mamas. I pray for strength for daddies. Lord, I I pray for grandparents and and just family members, Lord, in general. Lord, I I pray right now that you just bring peace. The other students that were there as this thing went went on, Lord, I I pray, God, that you bring a calming spirit to them. I, I pray, Lord, God, that you would intervene on their behalf. Lord, I pray for, for our nation. God, I ask that, that a tragedy like this not happen again. Lord, let us, let us have the wisdom to put safeguards in place. Lord, let us have the understanding and, and what to do and how to respond. And, but God, let us not overreact either. God, let us be wise and let us be harmless at the same time. Father, I, I speak peace tonight into every life, home, and family. God, I pray tonight over our nation. God, I pray for a, a unity. God, draw us together. Lord, this is a time for our nation to come together, not for a a time for our nation to be divided because of political affiliations. but, But Lord, let our hearts and our minds be focused upon You. Lord, we love You. We thank You. We praise You. Lord, thank You for Your mercy and Your grace. Lord, we give You glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give King Jesus a hand clap, if you wouldn't mind, please. Amen. Amen. I want to jump right into the Word tonight. How many are are thankful for Jesus Christ as our solid rock tonight? He's our solid rock tonight, Church. As as the solid rock, I believe He is an anchor in the midst of a storm. How many agree with that tonight? And as storms of life begin to blow, Jesus Christ is an anchor that will hold. Uh, he will stand firm. Uh, Jesus Christ as a solid rock is our place of stability. When everything else is shifting around us, Jesus is the stability that we need the most of. He's unchanging and He's ever true as that anchor. He holds fast. He holds true. He never changes. He's, he's always the same when we begin to think about this old world that we live in and we see the things that are unfolding all around us continually, how many understand and would agree when the pastor says, it's good to have a place of stability to run to tonight. It's good to have a firm foundation. It's good to have an anchor. It's good to have a solid rock. It's good to have King Jesus tonight to be our place of stability in life. I believe we need a place and I believe we need a person in life that's, that's true and stable. We need a, a person in a place that's unchanging and steady ever throughout our lives. I've had a lot of things that have shifted. I've had a lot of things that's changed in my, in my short lifetime. And I, I think you guys would agree with, with seeing great changes happen in your lifetime as well. Technology has changed tremendously in a, in a short 55-year span. Has anybody else give agreement on the technology that's changed? I saw a news story tonight about uh, them taking the very last set of payphones out of New York City. Did anybody else see that story tonight? Taking the last set of payphones out of New York City. Uh, they talked about how there was somewhere around, I think, 100,000 that was left uh, in the United States in general. 100,000 payphones were all that were left and uh, out there going. I mean, no, uh, if you've got a cell phone in your hip pocket, you don't need a, a payphone anymore, right? Uh, and so there's, there's no more uh, pay phones like there used to be. Used to be there was one on every street corner. Uh, there was one in every laundromat. There was, one, there was one just about every place you went. There was a pay phone someplace. Technology has changed. Styles have changed. How many know we, we aren't still wearing bell-bottom jeans anymore? They're back. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. How many know pastor is not going to wear bell-bottom jeans anymore? <laughs> Lamb chop sideburns ain't going there. I'm just not. I'm just not. The 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 afros, man. I, I know my big brother. Believe it or not, my my brother had an afro whenever he was in high school. I am not going there, man. Uh, styles change, and I think the Lord styles change. How about you? I don't think I could pull off an afro right now. Maybe it'd help. I don't know, but. With all the change that's going on in the world and all the change that the people in this room, you guys and myself included, have, have seen in our lifetimes, how many understand it's, it's good to have something that's unchanging? In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, the Lord said, I'm the Lord and I do not change. I'm glad He doesn't change tonight. I'm glad He's stable. I'm glad He's, he's unchanging. I'm glad He's unfailing tonight. I personally believe that as we go about trying to live in these last days that there's this ongoing effort to see the church and see the children of God themselves changed. God may not change, but the enemy of our soul and the world around us wants the world and the Christian to change to be conformed to the world. Uh, it might start out with some small things like the, the type of music we listen to or the television programs we watch and, or, the, or the words that might come out of our mouth. But, but the truth is if we compromise on some small things, it won't be long until uh, the things that we compromised on that were small turn into things that are big that we're compromising in our lives. And the next thing you know, the thing that at one time was the unthinkable was, was the unacceptable now becomes acceptable in our life. And if we'll compromise on one thing, then it becomes okay and it becomes easy to compromise on something else. Church, I want you to hear your pastor tonight. As we go about living in these last days, as we go about with the understanding that Jesus Christ is coming and He's coming soon, I submit to you, there is no room for compromise in our lives tonight. Tonight, as we continue our study into the seven letters of the seven churches that, that we read about there in the, the book of Revelation, we are going to be focusing on the church that was known as the church of compromise. We're going to talk about the church of Pergamos, the, the compromising church. Find your Bibles, if you would, with me tonight. Go on to the book of Revelation chapter 2. I want to talk about Revelation chapter... I, I wrote 3, it's actually 2, Sorry. Revelation chapter 2, I want to talk about the compromising church. Apologize for my typo. Revelation 2, verses 12 through 17, the Bible says this, And to the angel of the church at Pergamos write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was my faithful martyr, and who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to to put stumbling blocks before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols and commit sexual idolatry. Thus says those who, excuse me, thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Think, boy, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword from my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone and on a name, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Lord, let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach it. Lord, help me not to stumble and fumble over my words tonight as I so often do. But God, may there be a flow and the anointing of the Holy Spirit come out of your word and into my mouth. Lord, I pray tonight that ears be opened and God compromise not have a place in the church at Long Grove Assembly. Lord, I pray for every set of ears, every heart in this room. Uh, Lord, let us receive your word with gladness and let compromise be wiped away. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give him one more hand clap, please. Thank you, Lord. How many would agree tonight with the statement that our God is not a compromising God? And, and, and as children of God, I believe that He has not called us to be compromisers either. Uh, he expects us to, to stand upon the things which we know to be true, and the things that we know to be the most true are the things that are found, and thus says the Word of God. God wants us to, to stand on principles. He wants us to stand on the truth. He wants us to stand up for morality. He wants us to stand up on, on what's real in the world. And, and the only thing I know tonight to be absolute is the Word of Almighty God. How many agree with that tonight? Uh, again, tonight as we continue our study into these seven letters into these seven churches in the book of Revelation, we, we find these, these seven churches, the church at Ephesus and Smyrna, Pergamus, which we're focusing on tonight, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And what we have found as we've gone through this study is that uh, we both as a church and as individuals have the opportunity to, to fall in some of the same situations or positions that, that many of these churches have as well what we read as we read through the Word of God, what we receive as we receive the Word of God, actually from the Word is a warning for the church of today and for the Christian of today. Uh, It's a warning for you and I. The the church that we learn about tonight is the church at Pergamos. The city of Pergamos was built on a hill about a thousand feet above the surrounding countryside. Uh, It created a natural fortress for the city itself. It was known as a very sophisticated city. Uh, It was a center of culture and education with about 200,000 volume library that was there in the city. Uh, They were were very devoted to their study and to literature and to culture. But it was also a center of worship for four different cults. Uh, And and it even rivaled uh, Ephesus in its idol worship. Uh, here the the Christian church was right in the middle of all the things that were going on. But what a great opportunity they had in front of them. Yes they were surrounded on all sides with evil but but man what an outreach opportunity they had. What an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity they had and what a great place for ministry that they were situated in. But there some things that happened along the way uh, that caused them to be called out in the book of Revelation by the Lord Himself. See some of the people that were connected to the church, some of the people within that church began to compromise the principles and the truth of the Word of God, the things that that church had been founded upon. They had allowed things to go on around them. They had allowed things to go on within their church that were contrary to the truth of the Word of God. They allowed the outside to creep into the inside. Only, and Not only in their own lives, but they allowed it to come into the church as well. They allowed people in leadership positions. If you dug in and did a study, they allowed people to be in leadership positions who, who were worshiping Baal and worshiping God at the same time. Listen, you can't falter between two gods. Either you'll love one and hate the other or you'll, you'll love one and hate the other one. Uh, Church, I want you to understand tonight, that was the greatest mistake I believe that could ever be said about a church or an individual is that they compromised what they believed in or what they stood for. Uh, Unfortunately, what we see happening in many churches in the world today is that many churches look a whole lot more like the world than they look like the church. Many churches have, have begun to compromise the truth. They've allowed the, the world to creep in all in an effort to be relevant, all in an effort to be inclusive. Listen, I submit to you tonight as your pastor, we can be relevant and we can be inclusive and still not compromise the truth of the Word of Almighty God. Listen, our methods may change, but our message can never change. We, we might try different techniques. We might take little kids back and teach them the truth of the Word of God in Royal Rangers and Missionettes versus setting them on a pew and having somebody preach to them. But the truth of the matter is the Word of God is still going to be the Word of God. It's going to be the Word of God. You guys probably wouldn't enjoy going out on Wednesday nights and playing color games with the kids. Uh, you wouldn't enjoy going out and throwing water balloons at one another on wet and wild Wednesday nights. But they're still being taught the Word of Almighty God. We are adults and we come in and feast on the Word of God. But, but as children, we did different techniques. It doesn't mean that the world has taken over. It just simply means that we're trying everything in our power to teach them on their level. We're not going to compromise the Word of God. Uh, when we make a stand on the truth of the Word of God, uh, we need to know that we can never allow the world to to bring in a watered-down, compromised set of standards for the church to try to follow by. The truth is, it's a slippery slope. And once you start down a slippery slope of compromise within the church or within your own life, listen, it's a hard thing to turn around from once you start away from the Lord. Church, to, to give the world comfort and to give the world a, a feeling of, of acceptance, we cannot allow compromise. Yes, we love everybody. Yes, we accept them just the way they are. But the truth of the Word of God is the truth of the Word of God is the truth of the Word of God. And it does not change. Can you say amen? Amen. The fact is we're called to bring change to the world and not allow the world to change us. So says Romans 12 and 2. It says, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Listen, I don't want to conform. I want to be transformed tonight. How about you? Some things I believe that we can learn from this compromising church there at Pergamos. And the first thing I want to talk to you tonight about is commitment. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 in your Bible says this. I know your works, and I know where you live. I know where you dwell. You live and dwell where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days when Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Praise God tonight for people of commitment. How many think commitment's important to the Lord? He's going to honor committed people. But the reality is this. Commitment is not something that's real popular in the world we live in today, right? The the, the fact is commitment is really considered to be old-fashioned and outdated. To to be committed to something means that you give your word and you follow through with what you said you was going to do. Do you remember once upon a time when you could shake hands with somebody down at the bank and they'd loan you money? You go to the bank today to try to get a loan and they want your blood type, they want your... They want everything about you that ever has happened in every place. You know, what kind of uh, income do you have? And, and are you sure you can pay this back? Listen, I think America was a whole lot better place when we were people of our word. And a commitment was a commitment. And we shook our hands and we, we meant what we said when we said it. Uh, I, I believe commitment is, is considered old-fashioned and outdated. But but I believe as believers that, that we should make a commitment and stick to it. Uh, we live in a world where most have the mindset that if, if things don't go our way, or, or if things get hard, or, or if things don't go the way I want them to go, then, then I'm just going to pack up my dollies and I'm going to go home, right? That's a lack of commitment in the mindset of most Americans. Here in verse 13, the Word says that they lived in a very hard place during very hard times. The Lord says they lived where the throne of Satan was. Now, can you imagine living in a place that was considered the throne of Satan? Church, let me tell you something. The United States of America could could be considered a place of the throne of Satan. Because Pergamos was the center of worship for these four major cults, it was considered to be the throne of Satan. Can I tell you that there's more than four major cults in operation in the United States of America today? Even though the hard times and even though they were living in a hard place, even though they were going through many times hardships, most of the people remained committed, even when Antipas, one of their own, was martyred. He set the standard for faithfulness and commitment to the one true and living God, even through his own death. He was willing to go all the way to death. He set the example of sticking to his commitment, even if it cost him his own life. Church, can I tell you again tonight, we live in a hard place in the middle of a hard time. We live in a world filled with people that are worshiping everything except the true and living God. Most people are more committed to their, to their phone. More people are more committed to their Facebook page. More people are more committed to their, to their sexual addiction or their lust or their pride or their gossip than they are to God. Because if they were truly committed unto God, none of those things would have a place in their lives. We live in a world where we as Christians are always the brunt of the joke. We live in a world where we as the Christians are always made out to be the fool, the one who's weak, the one who's stupid, all for making this commitment to Jesus Christ. Oh, there must be something wrong with you if you have to use a crutch of Jesus to make it through life. And my response to that every time is, yes, I absolutely am weak. Yes, there is something wrong with me. And the only one that can fix it is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the only one that can help me through the hard time. He's the only one that can help me through this hard place. He's the only one that can bring me unscathed out on the other side. That's why my commitment is to Him and not to the world around me. Church, I want you to understand that just because we may live in a hard place in the middle of a hard time is no reason to ever give up on the commitment that we made unto the Lord. Jesus said in Mark 13 and 13 that we'd be hated by all men for his namesake, but he who endures, that's the important word, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Listen, there's something to be said for enduring in the commitment that we've made unto God. There's lines that you cannot cross, church. There's places that you cannot go. There's things that you cannot do. Oh, pastor, that's all the church has ever said, the stuff we can't do. Listen, we've got to have some safeguards and we've got to have some boundaries because when we start crossing them, we're breaking the vow and the commitment that we made unto God. Lord, I promise you to forsake my sin. I promise you to never walk back into it again. And you in return, take away my sin and give me eternal life in heaven. He who endures to the end can be saved. But without endurance, there can be no salvation. We cannot compromise our commitment. It's time to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and stick to it to the bitter end. No matter who is around, no matter what might rise up against us, no matter what might be said, friend, just like the Holy Ghost told us Sunday morning, we're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. And my commitment cannot waver, it cannot compromise, it cannot give up. We must give it all that we've got to the commitment that we've made unto the Lord. What do we learn from this compromising church? Well, there must be a commitment that's made. Another thing we learn from the compromising church is this. We need to learn about compromise. Look at verses 14 through 15. Verse 14 says, But a few things I have against you. Boy, that'd be, a, that'd be kind of a downer, wouldn't it? For the Lord to say, there's a few things I got against you, son. A few things I have against you because you have there those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak and put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things that have been sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Repent, or else I will come quickly and will fight against them with the sword out of my mouth. Thank the Lord. I believe He can help us not to compromise. How many believe that tonight? How many understand that this letter that's written in the book of Revelation was written to a church? Are you here? This letter, these scriptures that we just read in Revelation chapter 2 verses 12 through 17 were written to a church. They were not written to people on the outside of the church. They were not even written to unbelievers. But they were written to people who claimed to be a part of the body of Christ, who claimed to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. They were the ones who had brought the compromise into the church. The Word tells us that some of the people there in the church had given to the doctrines of Balaam. For those of you that don't know much about Balaam, Balaam was known for two major things in, uh, in, in idol worship world. Balaam was known as the one that was over the crops... Uh, They they were supposed, if you worship Balaam, then that means you'd bring in a great harvest. You'd always have a a good return on your reaping and on your sowing. But Balaam was also known as the God whom you made child sacrifices to. In the Old Testament, you can go and read about how they would put children, newborn children, on a, on a plate, on a, on a pole, and they would pass them through a fire on either side. They would put these newborn babies through that fire and make a sacrifice onto Balaam. Can I tell you, church family, that we're still making sacrifices onto Balaam still yet today? Sick world. They had people among them who were given to the doctrine of Balaam. They also had people among them who had been giving sacrifices on the idol. And then after they'd made the sacrifices on the idol, taking the food or the, whatever they had sacrificed on that idol and consuming it and eating it for, for their dinner. They, they'd committed sexual immorality. They had compromised the truth. They had compromised holiness. They had compromised righteousness. They had compromised the commitment that they had made onto God. And as I said before, we live in a world filled with compromise. The only difference in the world today is that the world likes to dress up the, the, the compromise that they want the church and the Christian they make uh, to, to with the word tolerance. Well, if you don't compromise, if you don't give in, if you don't back up preaching the truth, if you say something that, that offends me, if you say something that hurts my feelings, snowflake, then, then that's just going to, you're just being intolerant. You're just, you're just not a, a nice person. We're told that we're being intolerant because we speak the truth. If we believe in absolutes, if you believe in black and white, Brother Hubert, there's not black and white, there's kind of shades of gray, right? Uh, if you believe it's either right or wrong, then, then, then you're just intolerant. Well, it's color me intolerant tonight. Because I believe the Word of God is a word of absolutes. The Word doesn't have any gray areas to it. The Word doesn't have any almost or maybes to it. The Word is the Word is the Word. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, the Lord said, For you shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. The Word of God is very clear. We're not supposed to worship anything else besides the Lord God Almighty. We shall have no other God before Him. Listen, the world may not like it. Uh, they may not label their, their money worship as an idol. They may not worship their sex worship as an idol. But the fact of the matter is, anything you put before God is an idol in your life, friend. And it's compromise. The Word of God is very clear. The Word of God is very absolute. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-10, through 10, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revels, nor extortionists will inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, there's a teaching and a doctrine in the world today that says all dogs go to heaven. Everybody gets to go to heaven. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how bad you are, Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are, everybody gets to go to heaven. Listen, I've got to be quite honest with you. I've done about three funerals here in the recent past, and two of them I knew about, but one of them I did not. And I went to the family beforehand, and I said, Listen, I do not know this man. I don't know anything about him. Was he uh, in love with Jesus? I don't know if he served God. I'm not going to preach him into heaven because the preacher needs to be able to stand behind in front of the coffin and tell the truth about the person that's in front of him. Because the Bible says that an adulterer, the Bible says that a homosexual, the Bible says a fornicator, an idolater, a sodomite, a thief, a covetous, a drunkard, they're not going to heaven. Oh, pastor, that's just being intolerant. Everybody gets to go to heaven. Compromise just a little bit on that. I mean, if they just are, are not really a drunk all the time, but just part of the time. If if they're not really a homosexual all the time, but, but they like boys some days and they like girls other days. I mean, can they go to heaven then, Pastor? Listen, the Bible says if those things are in operation in a person's life, they're not going, friend. We can't compromise. The Word of God is a Word of absolutes. It, it says in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. The world would say we're narrow-minded. The world would say we're intolerant to say that there's only one way. Oh, you can get there through Buddha. Oh, you can get there through Mohammed. Oh, you can get there through good works. You can get there through being a good person. You can get there through putting money in the offering plate. There's a lot of ways you can get to heaven. No, Jesus said, I'm the way the truth and the life and nobody comes to the Father unless he comes through me. That's the only door to heaven. We can't compromise. But the world would have us to back off. The world would have us to water down. The world would have us to give in. Church, I want you to understand, for the man of God, for the woman of God, we can't preach the Word of God any differently. We can't read the Word of God any differently. And we can't compromise because we're around somebody who thinks we're being intolerant. We have to stand upon the principles and the precepts of the Word of God or we will be just like the church at Pergamos. What do we learn from this compromising church? We understand the commitment. We understand the compromise. One more thing we got to talk about tonight, and that's the command that comes from the Lord. Look at verses 16 and 17. Verse 16 says, Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on that stone a new name is written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Thank God His commands are for our benefit tonight. If you're a note taker, that's a good thing to write down, friend. His commands are not to to curse unto you. His commands are not weighty upon you. His commands are not tiresome unto you. But His commands are given to you and I as a blessing and as a benefit into our lives. God loves us, therefore He directs us. Aren't you thankful He loves us the way He does tonight? The Word of God tells us that the command of the Lord was repent. Repent. Turn from the things of the world. Get rid of the compromise out of your life. To turn from the compromise and to turn back to Him. The Word says the Lord spoke to them and said that if you don't repent, if you don't return, that He's going to come with that sword that comes straight from His mouth and He's going to fight with them. It says if they don't repent, that He's going to come and bring vengeance against them. Listen, the wrath of the Lord is for the unrepentant. The wrath of the Lord is reserved for those who don't turn from the wickedness. It's reserved for those who live in the compromise in their lives. Oh, but praise God, that's not the end of the story. He goes on to say that if they would repent, that if they would return, that He would bring blessing into their life. Aren't you glad tonight the Lord doesn't just leave us with the, with the overwhelming power of his opposition, but God offers blessing and benefit from, from repentance tonight? The absolute truth is tonight, church, that, that God will judge rebellion and God will judge compromise. God will, he knows our rising up from our lying back down. The Bible's very clear there's nothing that's hidden from the eyes of Almighty God, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. The Lord knows the compromises in our lives. He knows our our walk every day. He knows the things that we allow to creep in. He knows the compromises that we allow to, to come in and enter into our relationships and our conversations. God knows the compromise. And we will stand before Him one day and give an explanation and stand before the judgment seat of Almighty God because of the rebellion and the compromise in our life. But the truth tonight is also he's going to bless the commitment and he's going to bless the faithfulness. I love to go back and read where he gives accolades and gives great praise to uh, this, this one gentleman that was the first martyr there at the church, uh, Antipas, my faithful martyr who was killed among you. Listen, I don't want to have to be killed for the sake of Christ, but the reality is, if you have to go that way, listen, I'd rather die for Christ than live for the devil any day of the week. Accolades and praise and accomplishments and compliments because of faithfulness. One thing is for sure, compromise can sneak up on us. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm going to bring it down just for a minute. compromise can sneak up on you. We we might start out with something that seems as as really no big deal, but then it turns into something bigger, and it turns into something bigger, and it turns into something bigger. One small compromise can turn into a a lifetime away from relationship with the Lord. One small compromise of something as simple as reading the Word. Lord, I, I know the Word. I don't really need to read it today. And then the next day it becomes that much more easy, and the next day it becomes that much more easy. I've often said about a church attendance, I believe in church attendance. And I'm so thankful for the people who dedicate their Wednesday nights to come and to be in the house of the Lord. But here's what I know to be a fact uh, in, in the time that I wasn't standing behind the pulpit or serving as a deacon of a church. Missing one service but it made it easier to miss the second service. And missing the second service made it easier to miss the third service. And before you know it, you'd, you'd been gone a month and it was no really big deal. And instead of serving God faithfully as you always had, uh, you were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Now all of a sudden, you're at the lake. Because one small thing turned into something so huge in your life that it compromised you uh, and it drew you further away from your relationship with the Lord. Now I know some people maybe watching at home or maybe even in the room that would say, oh pastor, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. No, and you don't have to turn on the stove to cook dinner either. But a can of pork and beans gets pretty sick after a long time. We need to be in the house of God. We need the fellowship we find with one another. And we can't allow ourselves to compromise in those facts. What the world would tell us tonight, uh, what the Word of God would command us to do tonight is to repent and turn back to the Lord. Acts chapter 3 verse 19, the Lord says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and so the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Listen, I want to stand in my commitment unto God. I don't know about you tonight, but I'd much rather have the the blessing of the manna, the bread of life, than have the judgment of Almighty God poured out over my life. To have His blessing, we must obey His command. What do we learn about this compromising church? We know His commitment. We know the compromise and we know the command. What we believe and teach, church family, is that Jesus Christ is coming and that He's coming soon. And the reality is in our heart, we we must know. How can we, gosh, it seems like I say this on an ever-increasing level and on an ever-increasing service basis. How can we not look at the headlines? How can we not look at the the world falling apart around us and not know that Jesus is coming? We don't have time for church games. We don't have time for church politics. We don't have time for he said, she said. We've got to get in the truth of the Word of Almighty God, commit our lives unto God, and then never waver, never make a a compromise in any shape, form, or fashion, but get stuck on the Word of God and live it out every day of our lives. One day, everybody, whether you're born again or whether you're not, Everybody will stand before the judgment seat of Almighty God. We either hear Him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Or we'll hear Him say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Those that were at the church at Pergamos who continued in their compromise heard from the Lord, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't even know you. You, You've done things that were offensive. You've turned from the truth. I don't want to stand before Him one day and hear Him say, Gary... You compromised my truth. You didn't teach or preach my truth. Church, I will not. I will not. I may step on your toes and you may not like me very much at all, but I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And I will not compromise. And I encourage you, as a man of God and a woman of God, to do exactly the same. Let's stand together tonight. Let's pray. Father, we love You so much tonight. God, we're humbled. We're humbled by You, Lord. We're humbled by the truth of Your Word. Lord, may we as individuals and may we as a church never reach a place of compromise. God, may the world stand at the street corner and bark at us. May the world be held at bay. May we never allow the world to creep in the doors of the church. God, may we stand upon the truth of Your Word with no compromise. Lord, I pray tonight around this room that You would touch every heart in life and and You would give us a a resolute stance. God, may we stand firm in our commitment unto You tonight. God, to never waver, to never back up, to never turn around, but God, to stand faithful to the promise of absolutes found in Your Word. Lord, we love You. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a second tonight, I need to ask you about your friendship, your relationship with the Lord. If you don't know Him as your Savior, then, man, I always want to give this opportunity, even on a Wednesday night. Yes, on a Wednesday night. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my heart. I'm away from Him and I need to make things right. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I just want to pray with you anywhere in this room tonight. I'm so glad that you're here, man of God. I'm so thankful that you're here, woman of God. Here's the altar call that I want to direct toward you tonight. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to to make eye contact with me as I do sometimes. I'm not going to ask you to to respond to me in any shape, form, or fashion. But I will ask you to respond to the Holy Spirit. Has the world tried to, to get you to compromise have, have there been some things that the world has tried to get you to, to back off on, to water down, to, to, to slow down your pursuit of God on? Are, are there some things that the world would say, Hey, listen, it's really not that big a deal. It's really not that important. Just give in a little bit right now. And later on, then you can do whatever you want to do. Friend, let me tell you something. The devil's a liar and the father of all lies. And the opportunity I give you tonight is a, a time just to come and, and recommit your life unto the Lord. Just a time to come and say, Lord, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to stand on your truth. I'm going to stand on the absolutes found in your word. And God, I'm not going to back off of that. Tonight as you come and find a place to pray, I'm going to ask you just to simply make that commitment a reestablished strong over your life again. Would you take some time tonight around this room and, and let's just spend it in prayer. God bless you as you seek the Lord.